you know what? I love my own company. <laughs> there was a point there where I had to be constantly surrounded by people, but I think the older I get, the more comfortable I am with spending time with myself. You know, my kids are pure entertainment for me, of course, and they also destroy me sometimes as well. But I really do enjoy my own company and I've learned to, you know, grow with that relationship with myself. I'm Sarah Kearns and welcome to the podcast. This is a safe space to discuss the topics affecting everyday families. Let's take an inside look into our own realities and the realities of others. We'll learn together as knowledge creates empathy. Empathy shapes the way that we act and those actions can change our family and those around us. This is The Conscious Project. How would you feel if your partner and father of your children was only home for one week per month? Working away for three weeks straight each and every month, leaving you to solo parent your two boys. Add in an IVF journey, pregnancy loss, two kids under two, a couple of businesses and some phone sex and you have today's episode. Bron is an emotionally intelligent, kind beautiful woman who truly is good for the soul and this is her story content warning this episode discusses pregnancy loss if you need further support please see the show notes this episode also contains explicit language and sexual references so pop those airpods in and enjoy hi bron thank you so much for being here thank you i'm excited I'm so excited and like typical mum life, we've set this up and cancelled on each other numerous times. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it happens. It happens, hey. Oh, and now we're all in lockdown. So you would think that we would have more time, but anyone listening who is a parent would know that that actually means we have literally no time time. (laughs) alone. Yeah, it's all about the bribery at the moment for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so my three are all asleep, but your your two are being bribed (laughs) to be quiet. (laughs) Well, I gave them a deal. I said, look, you can either stay up and watch a movie and be very quiet or you can go to bed right now. They're like, we'll stay up. I'm like, yeah. right. they're, both, they're both pinky promised me and crossed their hearts. So let's see how good that goes. <laughs> yeah. We said to our boys once, like, one day you will realize that if you're just quietly watching a movie, we forget that you're there and you get to watch the whole movie. Like, if you're annoying us and fighting, you're off to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So, so true. Oh, so we've wanted to have a chat with you about FIFO life and I put a little call out on my stories to see like how many families that are following me are actually, you know, this is their reality and it was like 20% and then I had like a massive amount of messages saying that they do the drive-in, drive-out or defence services or that used to be. So it's like it's a big amount of people. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I come from a military family. So I've grown up with it as a kid and now I'm a wife to a FIFO worker. Although we have done FIFO for over nine years, it's only this year that my husband started doing drive-in, drive-out work. So it's different again, but still the same, you know, we do a three-in-one roster now, which is good compared to the rosters we've had in the past, but it's, it's, bloody hard it's bloody hard so when you say three three and one you mean three weeks away yeah yep yep three weeks away and one week home yeah that's huge isn't it and it's three weeks in a row gone yeah yep and then you know with all these lockdowns and stuff happening you just Mm. never know when you're gonna see them hey yeah gosh so obviously COVID just has thrown a spanner into every work. So does that mean, you know, if there's lockdowns and things, he's sort of got to make the decision if he comes back for a week, he may not be able to get back 
to do yeah. his three weeks work. Yeah. Well, so when COVID broke out last year, we really had that choice of does he go home and not know when he's going to come back or does he stay and not know when he's mm. going to come home? So my husband was actually made redundant for the whole of COVID last year, which was wow. a real change of lifestyle for us because we have done FIFO from the beginning of our relationship and then to have him home 24 7 you know indoors it was a real change of reality for us but this time around um he's working in Queensland so he's not in a state this time yeah wow so there'd be so many families um that you know they have to make the decision that if they're crossing state borders and one state goes into lockdown that there's a very real possibility and I assume that they're not going to get paid if they're they're not working or is it you know they've still got leave and things like that like how does that work if they get stuck at home well, so what happened with us last year is because my husband was just on contract work, he didn't get paid for being back, obviously, so they had to make wow. it redundant. But now with the company my husband's working with, he is on salary. So if he was to be put into lockdown, we're really no different pay-wise. Yeah, okay. So we're in, we've got an upper hand this time. But last year, that was a lot, a lot to take yeah. on. And is contract work sort of quite common? Very, very. So this is the first time in the nine years, well, over nine years now that my husband's been doing FIFO that he's had salary work. Right, and I okay. that comes down to the position they have too. Yeah, okay. So a lot of families would have lost wages last year with COVID. Yeah, definitely. Heaps, heaps and heaps. It's a huge decision to make, isn't it, to do you, do you go back and work and we don't know when we're going to see you again because financially we need to work, obviously, or do we risk it and stay home but, you know, obviously risk that money or do we risk seeing you? Like it, that's mm-hmm. what an impossible decision. Yeah, no, it was tough. But at the time, like it just made sense for him to obviously come home and mm. we were glad he did because the lockdowns just continued throughout mm. the year. So, yeah, we were we were grateful that he came home. Let's go back a little bit. Bloody COVID. It's changing all our conversations daily, isn't it? Like one day we're skipping through life and then all of a sudden, boom, lockdown. I know, right? Oh, all right. So you met Tony nine years ago. No. So I actually met Tony when I was 14. Oh, um, stop. Yeah, yeah. So the first time I ever laid my eyes on him, it was on a footy field and he was playing and I saw him. He used to have this big afro, which he's <laughs> recognisable now because he's bald. But um, yeah, so when I was 14, but we didn't start dating until, yeah, it was about 23. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, that's sorry. So you were do you've doing FIFO for nine years, not yeah. the, have met. Yeah. So yeah. how long have you been together? Oh gosh. So this year, maybe ten years. Yeah, ten okay, years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So tell me how it started. And was he doing FIFO then, or you met and started dating, and then and then he chose that kind of work? Yeah. So he was working for a local company on the Sunshine Coast, and their company decided to start doing FIFO work. So at the time, he was doing because he's an electrician. He was doing his apprenticeship and they decided to take him out FIFO. So that's when he started. And it was like, I'm going to say like the first couple of months of us dating. So basically from the get-go. Yeah, wow. Mm. And was that something that you were open to? Yeah, well, it's so funny because I come from an army family background and my parents are always going to different places. So I suppose it wasn't like a major adjustment Mm. for me I was somewhat used to it um although I don't think you can really ever get used to distance but Mm. it was fine at the time I was living in a house with a couple of girlfriends and it went on like that obviously when kids came into the picture it got a little bit more tricky but yeah no it seemed to mm, I don't want to say easy because it's not easy but it was okay yeah, okay. I find like obviously we've done military as well, but um we like I didn't come from that background. So um I did have a dad that travelled a fair bit with work, but such different circumstances when you're talking like a businessman travelling for work that's still pretty much accessible whenever you need to call or, you know, whatever. So yeah, I think it's interesting then like I would think that a child growing up in that environment would probably go one of two ways and either follow in those footsteps or go, that is not for me. Like I'm avoiding anyone with those kinds of jobs. 
<laughs> well, that's the thing. So when me and Tony first started dating, he was wanting to go into the army and I was like, don't, mm. <laughs> don't do it. Just stay here with me. And yeah, he ended up doing his apprenticeship. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because both my parents were in the army for 30 plus years. So it's all wow. I knew. All I knew. <laughs> so how does little Ray come along? I don't know if you really want to know this, but I'm going to share it anyway. We want to know everything. (laughs) (laughs) We conceived Ray the day we got engaged over in Vanuatu Mm -hmm. a year after we started dating and had him a day before my 25th birthday. And Tony ended up going back out to work. What was it? No, it's probably about five weeks after we had Ray, he started going back out to work only because I had an emergency Caesar with him. So he had to stay a little bit longer to help me. And then, yeah, back yeah. into the work front again. And then what was it? Ray wasn't even a year. And then we had fell pregnant with Mac. And Tony ended up going back out to work. I think it was six days after I had Mac, which was a massive shock to the system. Wow. One kid's hard, put another one in there, two under two, and oh, my gosh. It's oh actually like a blur. <laughs> oh, my like, God. You would have just been a zombie. Yeah. My outing was going to, like, Zarafa's drive through That was my outing oh, for the day. Oh, babe. <laughs> and hope to God they both slept on the drive. Yeah. <laughs> and you know when you see those cars that don't want to stop at a red light because yeah. they've obviously got babies, <laughs> so they're just, yeah. like, crawling the light, like – Green light, green light, green light. Yeah, yeah. Our song. That was Bron. Yeah. (laughs) I would have the song Hotel California playing because that just used to get them to sleep. So that would be me with my Zarafa's coffee, just driving with my kids trying to make them go to sleep. (laughs) Aimlessly, yeah. Oh, I feel that. (gasps) So you are... Um, on an IVF journey now, so we will we'll talk about that later. But let's just double back to Ray. So was he a, for lack of a better word, a planned pregnancy that you know you had to try and work out like ovulation timings and stuff around Tone being home, or like was it obviously you're on holidays, so that was great, but or did it just happen and you didn't have to go to those extremes? No, so he was definitely planned before Ray. We had a miscarriage. And when we were booking our holiday to Vanuatu, um, it was around when we were ovulating. We were ovulating. I was ovulating. (laughs) Um, And we just surrounded that whole day about having sex, basically. So So did you book your airfares knowing you would be ovulating on the holiday? Yes, absolutely. I love that. I love that. It's so crazy. It worked. Like the first time, I was like, this is incredible. Then Mac was pretty straightforward as well. Only took about six months and now we're here five and a half years down the track and we still haven't got it, but we're getting there. We're absolutely getting there. And so with little Mac then, you were trying to like, how does that work with the three weeks away, one week home? Does that week, is that the same week every month? Like if that's not on your, does it fall on pretty much the same week of your cycle or were you able to? So with him, he was it was had to be a little bit more managed because um, mm. Tony was doing different types of stints as well. Sometimes there'd be a two and one, three and one, four and one, sometimes even more. Mm. Um, so it did take about six months, which is really good considering, you know, not only the fact of FIFO, but I have PCOS as well. So ovulating is hard in general. Mm. And that was just a fluke. Honestly, I'm putting Ray and Mac down to absolute flukes because they were just like, we are coming, get ready yeah, for us. Basically, basically, yeah. <laughs> You're like, we'll keep you company, mum. <laughs> oh, and how do you make the decision to have another child knowing that obviously you were going to be on your own? Like, did you know he'd only get six days off? Like, that's a huge undertaking on your part yeah well I think I was just so high on oxytocin that it didn't even (laughs) mean to be honest but yeah looking back now I don't even really think we had much of a conversation of it because with Mac I was able to have a VBAC and if you're unaware of what a VBAC is it's a vaginal birth after cesarean so my recovery was a hundred times better Mm. than it was when I had my my emergency Caesar. So I was up and walking and everything. So it really didn't phase me at the time. Yeah. You know, you're up every hour with two kids. It's a bit tricky, but yeah, 
at the time, I didn't even know what happened. I think it was his boss that was calling saying, when can you come back out to work? Because with both my kids, I had Ray at 43 weeks and I had... Oh, my God. <laughs> and I, I had just got Mac- a cold shiver. <laughs> and I had Mac at 42 weeks. So Jesus. I like to cook and what Mate, oh. that is a very good womb you've got in there. They are not getting out. Yeah, no, they didn't want to come out. So because he was in his roster, I didn't want him being out there longer than 40 weeks. But 40 weeks I knew, nah, he can come home after that. So mm-hmm. he had two weeks off prior to Matt coming and his boss basically wanted him out there ASAP. Mm, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Mm. And was he far away? At that time, he was in Western Australia, so okay. it was a big lot of travelling for him. So if you're like, I'm in labour, <laughs> it's not a matter of jumping in the car and racing home. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, okay. So now you've got your two beautiful boys who are, I want to say seven and five, similar to my boys, but they're a little bit different, aren't they? Yeah, so my oldest is almost eight and my youngest is six. So what what does life look like for you guys now? Obviously, like, I think it's hard when you ask this question because your life is your life and that's what you know and that's, you know, we haven't been a mother in anybody else's life or any other situation. But I think for someone that's coming into it and listening that, you know, their husbands are five o'clock, they're sending the text going, I hope you're in the car, like not guilty of that at all. Um, and, it, you know, timing, okay, he'll be, if your heat leaves right this second or there's been an accident at school or they've broken an arm or they're sick or whatever if I text right now he can be home in an hour and obviously you don't have that kind of lifestyle so what does your normal life look like so a normal day for me is me doing everything (laughs) 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 you know what I'm in such a routine so I think a FIFO wife's life is all about routine because Mm. you can't not have routine like in general anyway having both parents at home it's all about routine but when you are on your own you only have yourself to fall back on to so knowing that I have the lunches ready the night before school knowing that I have clothes out ready for the kids all that kind of stuff is really pre-planning for myself Mm. and for my sanity okay it's mainly for my sanity because if I leave anything to the last minute I'm to blame I can only by myself, you know, I don't have anyone to fall back on. So I just have to get my shit together, basically. So an average day is me doing everything. (laughs) (laughs) And not only parenting, but you are doing literally everything, like you're running your own businesses as well. Um, Do you want to talk about that quickly? And then we'll go back to the other stuff while we've led into it absolutely so I have the soul bath which I do Reiki and meditation um at the moment I'm currently doing my diploma in hypnotherapy as well to expand in my business and also I'm a doula too I work alongside a beautiful lady named Belle and yeah we're birth doulas which is incredible to me that you have you do all of that as well as parent solo for three weeks out of the month. I know, it's crazy. And last year I was running like uh, holistic retreats and I was like, Bron, you are doing way too much. You really <laughs> chill out. And so I did and then I've just brought it back to the bare minimum, even down to my shop. So I opened a shop last year in the middle of COVID and all that kind of stuff and it was mm. absolutely incredible. But I got so busy I know it sounds so ridiculous because people want to be busy but if there's anything I've learned in the work that I do the lifestyle that we live is I don't need to be busy I really don't um and so I decided to close my shop what was it maybe a month or two ago now maybe even six weeks and it's been such a weight off my shoulders I was Mm. just overworking myself overworking and it just wasn't needed how logistically do you do that though? How do you doula a birth if like with the kids asleep and the mum's like, I am having a baby and you're like, look, childcare's not open right now. <laughs> Sorry, can you just hold that baby? No, not at all. So what is great about 
my mum living on the coast is she is like my backup backup doula kind of thing in a sense yeah. she will come over and help me with the kids but she has only ever had to do that once it has just worked wow. so well that tony has actually been home every time i've been to a birth stop it just the yeah. universe giving you a hand yeah it's been so crazy how that worked out yeah and I assume like then you studying and um booking your appointments and things through when the kids are at school or you know yeah. you've got that pre-organized yeah. time yeah yep so I do clients from nine o'clock so we actually live right next to the school so I have a oh, bit of an advantage so the kids I literally walk my kids around the fence and we're at school obviously you've found a really nice balance and you can be aware to say, okay, the shop needs to go or whatever for your sanity and your, you know, just the amounts of things that you can do in a day. How do the kids go when, I think that's probably the biggest question that most people would have is how, obviously it's all they probably know, but how do you get the kids to adapt to dad coming and going and and missing things and, you know? Yeah. So, Exactly right. Like that that's all they've known, to be honest. But after having COVID and him home for quite a bit, there mm. was a transition period. So when he flies out, it's probably like the first day or two, they're just agitated and they're very emotional. And I just mm. let them be. I'm I'm not gonna force anything on them to be good whilst they're expressing their emotions. They know that dad's always coming back. So we always like to plan something for when he's home in a sense of something that we can give to the kids to be like, oh, and when daddy's home, we get to go to the zoo or whatever it is. It's something that they get to look forward to as well and distract them, I suppose, from Mm -hmm. him being away and really connect with him being home instead. But no, my kids are incredible. They really are. Like I give it to them because I, I'm i sure I wasn't like them when my parents were flying out on deployments and stuff like that. So, mm. yeah, I've been really lucky, really, really lucky. Yeah. And so do you notice a change in their behaviours in, you know, ways that they'll deal with things while he's gone or when he's home or it's really just that transitional periods of the first day or two? Oh, yeah. They are so much better for Tony than they are for me. <laughs> So much better. I'm like, are you kidding me, mate? I work this job 24-7. You come home for a week and they're angels. Like, seriously, it's full on. You have to be the mean mean guy, hey. But Mm -hmm. when Tony's home, it's absolute heaven. It really Mm. is. Like, the kids are so well behaved. They'll do anything Tony says. But as soon as dad's gone, they're like, we're going to fuck shit up, basically. And... (laughs) full advantage of me because they know I'm such a pushover (laughs) and look I'd probably do the same too I probably do exactly the same (laughs) and do you use dad as the bad guy like do you because I know I would say look if you guys don't quit it when dad gets home like I'm telling him what you've done or I'm going to call dad at work. Like, do you do that or? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> of that stuff. Absolutely. I'm, like, I'm going to call dad now and he is not going to be impressed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what about you? Obviously you would be so good with your routine. Cause like you said, it's just you and it's not like you can then go, Oh, you stuff that up. Sometimes I'll just pretend like Brad's let the ball drop it. Even if I know it probably wasn't him, but it feels good to be angry about it sometimes, but you know, it's you. So when he gets home, does he then fuck up your routine? Absolutely. So the house gets absolutely demolished and we're only yeah. having one other human into the house. Yeah. I just drop all my responsibilities. I sleep mm. in. I just don't I honestly don't do shit when he's home. Yeah. Like clean yeah. nothing. Food most of the time we'll get, you know, takeout or something like that. But yeah, routine is out the door when Tony's home. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's good. It's so good to just like I honestly sleep better when Tony's home. Because mm. when you're the sole parent you know, looking after the kids at home, I'm constant alert, constant alert, you know. And so when I have someone else to fall back onto, I'm able to relax more. So it's, yeah, everything goes Mm. out the window when you're home. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's then like it's that real quality of time together. Like it's like we're not going to waste our Sunday together when you're leaving tomorrow on doing the washing. Like that shit can wait. (laughs) 
yeah 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 i will say i put so much onto him though <laughs> i'm like you can do the lunches you can do the uniforms yeah. I do this three weeks a month you can do it now see how it feels <laughs> that's a long like i just keep thinking like three weeks a month is a long time like we've kind of had we've had tastes of it so we've had bribe with the military which would be like eight ten week deployments at a time while he was doing all his training and that was super frustrating because he was literally like half an hour away and I used to think to myself like if I just get in the car and just start driving through the bush of that big hill I could see I'll find him like I'll fucking find him like (laughs) I'm done with this because I had a newborn Knox um literally he left the first time when Knox was like six weeks old or eight weeks old and left for eight weeks so I know that he really struggled when he would come back. So when he left, he was, I think he was six weeks, eight weeks. No, it must have been eight weeks old when he left and he left for 10 weeks. So he left when this baby was basically just laying there looking around and he got back to, you know, a, 16 week old baby yeah and he was like he didn't know how to put him to sleep anymore like or he would like hold him and it didn't look comfortable holding him or he would you know it was a whole whole new kid like so I think um yeah I think that's really really difficult for them to to miss those moments like that they won't get back yeah absolutely it'd be so hard on them so so hard Mm. I used to say to Brad all the time because it was a financial decision for us and it was that, you know, you're quite literally sacrificing your time with our children so that I can have that time with them, you know, and it was such a gift. (laughs) Yeah, we say that exact thing. I say it to my husband all the time, Mm. all the time. And, yeah, I'm so thankful, so, so thankful. I know we've just talked about like we're so grateful and we're so like it's so wonderful and like these kids are a gift and all of those things, which is 100% true. But also, do you resent Tony? Oh, that's a tricky one. I'm going to say yes and no. Mm. (laughs) No, because. Day by day. I I love him so much. Um, Yes, when it's like a Saturday night and he's out at the wet mess drinking and Mm. I'm got like a sick kid or something like that I'm like mm-hmm. you kind of thing but yeah no I cannot I have no idea what it's like out there no idea but he also has no idea to a certain extent what it's like being at home by yourself so mm. we just appreciate each other's differences I suppose mm. you could say but there is times that I do have a bit of a resentment but yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so difficult because logically, you know, like, so once we got out of the army and Brad had to rebuild his entire career, like, so COVID was amazing for us as well. But before that, he would literally leave at five o'clock on a Monday morning and be getting home at eight o'clock at night because he would travel two hours to Sydney. We made the decision, obviously, to live where we live because of the lifestyle and that, that we would then enjoy in the weekends that we had. But Monday to Friday, he literally didn't lay eyes on the boys, did not. He wouldn't have had a clue if it was you know library day or lunch order day or you know he didn't know any of those bits or pieces um and I found that I had all of the mental load as well as all of the physical stuff of going well I can't go to the gym or I because the kids won't stay in the creche and I can't go and have my hair done because you know you're not here or whatever so I knew he wasn't even at the pub. I knew he was at work or sitting on a train for two hours a day like Ugh, that's the worst. But I still was so angry. Like, and I would just think, you know, I am here doing this all by myself, even though I know you're doing it for the money that we have to have because we can't live without it. And, you know, that we, you know, you're you're doing this for us, but also I just bloody want you here to take some of this stuff off me because it's yeah. it's hard. Yeah. I think that's why when Tony is home, I do sweet fuck all. Like mm. I don't do anything because I just lap it up knowing that I'll be doing it all again in a couple of days' time. So yeah. I just take full advantage. And then I kind of feel bad because I'm like, he's just been working nonstop and now he has to do all the shit that I normally do. Mm. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, fuck it. He enjoys it. He likes doing school lunches, which, God, who does, to be honest, I have no idea. 
fucking hates the lunch. <laughs> and it would have to be a bit of a novelty for them too, right? Like yes, Disneyland yes. dad swoops in, does all some fun shit, play, I used to say the brother all the time, Disneyland dad. Like when you're here, they're having a great time. They're on the boat or they're going through the Macca's drive through or they're doing all these fun stuff. You're not here on a Wednesday night that we're just done swimming and now we're trying to eat their vegetables and they like hate me for it. You yep. get to be Disneyland dad. Yep. So true. So, so true. So true. Hey. What would make him stop, if anything, or what would make you say enough is enough? When we first started FIFO, we had like this five-year plan and yeah. that five-year plan turned into six, seven, eight, nine, and now we're yeah. nine plus years. And yeah. look, I'm not going to lie. Obviously, the money is good in FIFO, um, but unfortunately, I feel the more you earn, the more you spend. And when oh, you have yeah. this type of money, you don't know how to go back to not having that type of money. So COVID yeah. was a massive wake-up call for us when he wasn't working. But I started my business in COVID and my business was supporting our family now, which was such a highlight of my life, I swear, to be able to support our family and Tony being home. Like that was such a Mm. big moment for me. But we just want to own a home, you know, through all the IVF we've been through, through loss of his job, like we had savings and now it's all gone basically because we decided to invest in the baby instead of a house so the the time he comes home will be when we have a home to call our own yeah and you're killing your killing life with your businesses (laughs) I love that (laughs) yeah it's been amazing absolutely amazing it's such a like proud moment, isn't it? Because you have you know two people working full time or whatever, and they've got their own stuff, and then kids come into it. And whether it be you know a woman thing or a man thing, or you know doesn't matter about the gender, but one person has that pull to be that full time carer and to stay home, and the other one is like, cool, I'm going to work so hard now because I need to financially support this little person. And the other one's like, I just need to hold them and love them and be here for everything, you know? So for us, it was the same as you that I had that pull and Brad was the, I need to make more money and I need to, I need to support you and I need to have a house and we need to have all this stuff. So, but, um, but once they get a little bit older, I'm kind of in that transition period too, where I kind of went, oh, well, they don't kind of need me that much anymore. And I'm now working and, you know, changed careers. And now Brad started his own business and my business is like supporting our family. And I'm kind of like, yeah, look at that. <laughs> you can do it all. You can Watch do it me all. go. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I think since becoming a mum that's why I didn't want to work for anyone else that's why I started having so many different businesses I was like nah stop this I don't want to have to ask someone permission to go pick up my kid from school I don't want permission but you know just telling someone yeah and I was like nah fuck this I'm gonna work for myself because I want to be home for my kids and I think it comes down to being in a military family with my parents being away so much Mm. never being walked to school or have been there for school carnivals and all that kind of stuff I want to be there and I know Tony isn't here all the time but he makes such an effort for school things when he is home Mm. and he said I want you to be able to walk our kids to school like it's just worked out that way and it's been amazing amazing yeah so I just want to cycle back to when he is home obviously he said like he does a lot of the stuff and like um and you know, make up for the time he's not there. So do you kind of like, because I'm also really conscious that means that you wouldn't get much time out with your girlfriends or to get your hair done or whatever, because obviously you're, you're running your businesses in that time that the kids are at school. So do you kind of try and like, do you have that pull? Like, I'd love to go for dinner with my girlfriends and have some me time, but I don't want to give up time with him on my own. But then also like, do you want to get a babysitter and go and have a date night when you know that the kids don't get to see him very often? Like, how do you do that juggle? So we always have a date night in the week. Um, and my mum 
or someone will look after the kids, mainly my mum. As for me hanging out with girlfriends while Tony is home, it very rarely happens. I'm extremely selfish and just want Tony mm. all to myself. And yeah. my girlfriends understand that because most of my girlfriends are FIFO wives as well. So yeah, we okay, all cool. get it. And it, I think because a lot of my girlfriends have young kids, we just involve all of our kids in that kind of stuff anyway. Yeah. Our yeah. kids know that we're crazy, so it's all fine. But <laughs> um, but when Tony is home, it's all about family. It is. It's all about family. He doesn't really go and hang out with his mates unless the whole family is involved and vice versa. It's just that real quality time, isn't it? Because, you know, people could have, and I'm sure people listening that, don't have you know the three and one routines or anything like that but still think yeah well we live that life where pretty much the weekends is our only family time so when you break it down that's eight days eight days a month as well you know so it's it's so relatable I think to anybody listening because then I know a lot of people have said to us like oh but like you two just don't really do anything with anyone else on weekends and we're like Oh, you know, we don't like, we don't really invite families to like, like our friends' families to come and do the things we're doing. Cause we're like, it's just, it, it's just our time because it, it's been so rare for so long. Absolutely. And you created that family. So as if you don't want to spend all that time with just them. <laughs> I know. And now he's home so much. I'm like, all right, bye. <laughs> Off with the girls. <laughs> See <Yep>. you Monday. <laughs> As we've been speaking about in this episode, family is everything, and whether we're close or far away, little symbols of love and family have always been the perfect gift for any occasion. Chain Valley Gifts are a local family business. They have the most comprehensive gift collection to suit any person and any occasion. They've even recently expanded their range to include wedding and event decor, children's games, and educational resources. But first and foremost, they create personalized quality gifts for the important people in our lives. All the big occasions, Father's Day, Mother's Day, Christmas, Easter, end of year teacher's gifts, you are sure to find something perfect for any person, even the really hard to buy for ones. I just recently got Brad and my dad some Father's Day gifts, a wooden plaque with a family photo and a personalized phrase inscription. Use code TCP10 for 10% off store-wide at chainvalleygifts.com.au. That's TCP10 at chainvalleygifts.com.au. So I want to sort of ask you a big questions all together. So people that are considering this, you know, particularly those who have families, established families, and, you know, perhaps obviously financial um, reasons are a big one, right? Like that's why we do the things that we do and the decisions that we make at work. Once you have kids, I think at a family, it becomes less about career goals and things and more about, I need to make good money, be stable and secure for my family and, and have a good life, you know? So what do you say to people considering it? And would you recommend the lifestyle? Look, I say at least give it a try. If you're considering it, why not? You know, you're not going to know unless you give mm. it a go. I do believe that FIFO isn't for everybody. I believe it really does take a particular type of person to live this lifestyle and that goes for being the wife in the scenario. Mm. But even my husband says the same. It takes a particular type of person to be stuck in a donga, you know, for three weeks at a time, okay? What's hey, a donga? Yeah. Oh, a donga like um, – <laughs> So, like a camp, you know. Right. So, in one of them on their own, you know, only having FaceTime available. Thank God FaceTime is a thing. Yeah. The day before that stuff, it just used to be phone calls with me and Tony. Wow, yeah. And that's what we had. And then there was some times where he – we had no contact with him. Um, Mm. And I'm sure you get that a lot with military families as Mm. well. Um, But, yeah, I would say give it a go see how it feels for you, but also don't be too hard on yourself if it doesn't work out, you know. There's mm. something else that you can try. But, yeah, it's an, it's a lifestyle. It is really a lifestyle. And I really want to talk about, like, the men's side of it. But just quickly before we do that, what do you say to people that are doing it and are really struggling? There is so much support available. So my husband spoke to me about this the other day about, so if it's for the FIFO worker themselves, 
They have on-site counsellors that you can constantly talk to. I'm a part of, I think, like three Facebook groups of one is like FIFO Families Australia, FIFO Wives. There's so many different types of support networks out there to talk to um, and listening to podcasts like this that can be relatable and understanding to know that you aren't alone, okay? Mm. Um, people are going through it some tougher than others but there is help out there and if it's not working out for you then maybe change needs to be made Mm. for the men or the partner that's away um obviously like the suicide rates are pretty high um when you look at different industries that people are working with and it's a high sort of percentage of men that are doing these this kind of work um how does Tony deal with it? Like how does he deal with the mental struggles of missing out and, you know, if something could happen at home and he can't get there for? Do you know how he deals with that? We talk. We talk it out. We have become very good communicators through FIFO. Um, I remember when we first started FIFO, we would talk like seven to eight times a day. Now we talk maybe two to three times a day, but it's all about clear communication, being willing to open up and talk about if you're struggling with something. Um, Like I mentioned before, there is on-site counsellors for the workers. Um, Mm. So really seeking help when you don't feel at your best. Um, But communication is key because a lot of it is going to be done over the phone so not Mm -hmm. having that body language to express stuff touch all those different things communication is it's hard it's hard Mm -hmm. so you just have to understand it and manage it better for yourself in that respect so yeah mine's all about communication with Tony yeah, that's such a good point. And what's the culture like there? Like, is he around lots of people, um, you know, his colleagues? Are they all family men? Or I know it came to mind for me because we lived on the army base when we lived in Canberra. There was some, like, one street full of families, like, with children, and we had, like, the houses with, like, extra rooms and that kind of stuff. And then there was a sort of another street where more the married, like, the couples that without children were. And I remember one day that Brad was like racing home from up at the barracks and to try to get home before Knox went to bed. Every night he'd try and be home before Knox went to bed and I would try and like hold this newborn baby out as long as I could before putting him to bed so that he wouldn't miss him. But he mentioned one day that, you know, some of the men were literally up at the barracks playing pool and drinking going, oh, if I just wait 20 more minutes, she'll have all the kids to bed and then I can just waltz in like. Um, And he just thought that was so sad and it was something that he kind of went, I don't want to get to that stage. Like a lot of these guys had been in for a long time and he sort of went, God, I feel like I'm going to get there if I hang around this for too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's two types of men out there (laughs) from what I've heard at least and that is the family man, of course, and then it's the single guy that is just out there to make money and drink beer. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but no, the guys that Tony hangs around, I actually was on the phone on Speaky yesterday with Tony and I was talking to one of his mates that I have no idea who he is, never met him before in real, well, you know, face to face, but just yeah. having a good old chat. And Tony says he talks about us and to, about us and the kids, obviously, um, mm. his workmates and they all know who we are and they show photos and stuff like that. So where he is... Actually, all the camps that he's been to, it's had that good mixture of both. So, you know, the family man and the single man. <laughs> yeah, that's and that must be so much easier for him if everyone's talking about their kids and their families yeah. and fi- and you know they're being able to sort of debrief with each other when things are hard. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's very important. Very important because well, they're spending so much time together. They're spending more time together than my myself and my husband are. Yeah, which I mean is so relatable to any workplace and, and you know anyone listening when you really you know pull it all back to how much time they're at home even if they're in a normal corporate job that they work 9 till 5 then you add travel time on top of that and all of a sudden you're starting to think okay yeah we really do only have Saturdays and Sundays as you know family and which only equals 8 days a month so it makes you seem a little bit less crazy. Yeah. <laughs> to be able to do this. 
<laughs> well, we say that we have a we have a holiday every month. We have a one week yeah. holiday every month. We're very lucky. <laughs> I love that. Do the kids not want to go to school? Uh yes and no. We're right yeah. next to school. So we hear the school bell go off, like we're right next to the school. I'm not over yeah. If I was to open my bedroom blinds right now, I'd be looking at the school playground. <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> so they get a bit jealous. But it's good because when the kids are at school, I try to navigate my clients for the week that Tony's home to not have as many. So yeah. I do get that one on one time with him. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And then let's touch on your IVF journey. You have already like gone into a little bit that it's been a five-year journey and we will link all of Bron's social medias um, in the show notes as well so that you guys can follow along with her journey because you're so vulnerable and raw and open with what you guys are going through. And I can only imagine how many people looking at you going, oh, I'm not alone. And there's somebody out there that knows exactly how I feel and that that can be so comforting to somebody. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Look, when I first started, so our fertility journey started off with a year of just trying, basically, and mm. we weren't getting results. So we did some um, letrozole for six months. We then decided to do IVF. So in total, we've done four rounds of IVF. We had two successful and two unsuccessful, but the two that were successful, um, one loss at seven weeks and another loss at 11 weeks. On top of that, I've mm. had four miscarriages. So in total, in this trying to conceive period, um, I've had six miscarriages and then I had one before I had Ray. But now we're actually starting IUI. So I actually tomorrow, believe it or not, tomorrow I will be getting inseminated. So I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I stalked your Instagram earlier. Yeah, so I'm really excited for that because we've never done it before. And it seems kind of backwards because usually you do IUI before you'd start IVF. But okay. we've never really done anything by the book. So we thought, fuck it, we'll just give it a go. So can you just explain what that is? Yeah, yeah. So IUI is basically um, they will be putting sperm into my uterus. Is that being okay? So yeah, yeah, putting it up through my cervix up to my uterus near my tubes. So when I ovulate, um, the egg will go down and hopefully the sperm, you know, connects. I'm ready. <laughs> connects, yeah. As opposed Do to your IVF. thing. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to IVF where you have an egg collection. Um, and then they put the sperm with the eggs to create an embryo and then an embryo is put back into your uterus um, to hopefully embed into the uterine wall. But this one's a bit low-key, I suppose you could say, compared mm. to IVF. I only have to do one needle, which is awesome, because with IVF I was doing two needles a day. Um, wow. So this is very low-key compared to the IVF we went through. Yeah. But I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited. It's something different and worth giving a go. I don't know. I'm just oh, so determined definitely. to have a third baby. So determined. Like I really wouldn't be doing this if I wasn't this determined. <laughs> yeah, of course. And have you put like a time limit on it? Have you gone, you know, we're going to try to this point and then we're going to pull the pin for everyone's – I can imagine your mental health is taking a hit yeah. every time. Yeah, so – this time we have decided to do five rounds of IUI. Um, yeah. With IVF, we did four rounds, but I still had one embryo left. And after losing Sage, who we lost at 11 weeks, I just couldn't do it at that mm. time. I was like, fuck this. I was so angry and frustrated. Mm. We tried so hard. We've spent over $30,000, you know, doing fertility treatments and I was just so defeated. So in that moment, I made the call to not use an embryo for a couple of different reasons, um, you know, because it was frozen. We had our, you know, bill coming up to freeze for another six months and after spending so much money, I didn't want to spend another $650 on an unknown. Mm. Um my mental health, absolutely. I was just so drained because when I'm pregnant as well, like I had with my boys, I get hypomimesis graviarum, which is basically acute morning sickness. You have it 24-7 for the entire pregnancy. And 
I was just basically hating on the world at that time. So I was like, no, I'm not going to do this embryo. I ended up planting it with sage. So we got sage cremated um, Mm -hmm. and put her under one of our trees. And we had basically a whole year off. And in that time I had a couple of losses through the COVID period. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, about eight weeks ago I was like, let's try AUI. And Tony's thing I've fucking love about Tony so much is he's so supportive in whatever I want to do whatever I want to do like yep nah let's do it and I was like awesome he's not too keen though on doing IVF again which I can Mm. fully respect he said it just takes too much of a toll on you and I don't want to have to see that again and I'm like yeah absolutely so we (laughs) he's like okay so how many rounds of IUI do you want to do and I'm like you might not like the number and he's like go on on, hit me with it and I was like no you guess you guess how many I'm thinking he goes five and I'm like yes that's how much I was thinking and he was it was just so perfect so we're like all right sweet we'll do five and then after five we'll just go old school like we've been doing for so many years anyway so yeah (laughs) And do you know, this is such an awful question, but do you know why? Like, have they given you an answer? Because I know with like, obviously when we lost Buddy and we had our miscarriages and things like that, they just could never tell me why. And I just wanted to know why. I know. So with myself, I do have um, PCOS and then the FIFO lifestyle hasn't really helped. Mm. Although, you know, through COVID, we had all that time off. Mm. And I, I can fall pregnant. I just miscarry. So yeah. I've been really hardcore on the vitamins and minerals I have, the eating and all that type of stuff to just really yeah. give myself the best chance. But yeah. Yeah, that beautiful unexplained infertility, I fucking hate those words. But um, at that, yeah, that's really it, PCOS, FIFO and unexplained, you know. So even when we lost SAGE, they said um, we can take her basically and do testing on her. And at that time, it was more important for me to take her home than yeah. to test her little body. So, I totally, totally yeah. empathise. Yeah. We were lucky, I guess, lucky, but um, lucky in the sense that we had a little bit of warning. So we found out, okay, there's indications here of a genetic disorder, which he ended up having Down syndrome. And the issues that went along with his organs and things were, you know, quite common in children with genetic disorders. So we had that answer. And then once we started having the miscarriages, I'm like, oh my goodness, like there's, this is genetic you know, like these are genetic issues and that's why the pregnancies aren't going past that six, seven weeks. But they couldn't tell us, like, still, even knowing it was genetic issues and genetic faults, we still didn't know, you know, whether it was my side or Brad's side or just just dumb luck or, you know. So I think um that's a part of pregnancy loss that people don't talk about is that the unknown can drive you batty. Oh, absolutely. So with Sage, we had genetic testing done. And this is what makes me so even more annoyed. So I don't know if you've heard of the Harmony test, but basically they do those different genetic testings. And I yeah. think from memory it was around $450. And this is yeah. how we got to know that Sage was a girl. And so all the testing came back perfect, nothing. Nothing came from that mm. test at all. And then, yeah, we lost her. It was unreal. Devastating. Unreal. Yeah. The Harmony test only, we only could do that with um, Teddy. So Teddy's two and a half now. Um, but before that, Buddy was born in 2012. So with Knox and Finn, it wasn't out yet. Um, so it wasn't even a thing. You had to wait till you get to 12 weeks to do the nuchal scan, which with Buddy was perfect. Absolute low risk, one in 47,000 of him having Down syndrome, which is the lowest you could go. And then, oh, he has it. So <laughs> don't know how that happened at 20 weeks, you know. So I just, it shows that there is still so much they don't know, you know, and you get told don't drink alcohol and don't eat the soft cheese and off you go. And there's still so much that we don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like we don't need to know as well at the same time. Like, I don't Mm. know if me knowing what happened to Sage would make me feel any better. I don't know. Mm. I really don't know. But yeah. So with me, miscarriages has been a common occurrence. Um, but I, I still have hope. I still absolutely have hope. 
I have hope for you. Can I ask you a question totally off script? Go for it. Did it hurt more knowing that Sage was a girl, being that you have two boys? 100%. I just felt when you said that, when you because obviously Sage could be used for either gender, but when you said that's how we found out she was a girl, I just thought, oh, my God, I can't imagine how I would feel knowing that I've been you know, quite open with saying that we would have loved to have a daughter along the way. I think it's been a boy mum too, hey. I'm more than happy to share this, by the way. When we found out we had our loss, we ended up having to go downstairs to the actual hospital because they wanted to induce labour, basically because I just, this sounds terrible, but I just needed her out. Knowing that she yeah. was not alive in me anymore just I felt the same. so uncomfortable. Yeah, it just, I felt the I same. never felt like that with any other miscarriage, but I just, because it was further along than my other six and eight week miscarriages, mm-hmm. there was just something there where I'm like, no, I have to do this. But I did want to birth her at home, although that didn't yeah. end up happening. Um, I just needed her out it sounds so bad but it was just how I no it doesn't it doesn't at all I think you know that it has to like they have to come out before the the nightmare can even start and begin you know and end yeah so as soon as she was out I was able to breathe again and begin to grieve you can't even grieve while you are having to birth a baby a stillborn baby like you you can't even begin to because you you have to be ready to do this incredible feat you know yeah so true so so true and when we were at the hospital we had to wait in the car for another appointment to do another scan um and at the time I had a friend making a gender reveal box and Mm. she knew the gender and so I messaged her and I because it was meant to be the next day that we were going to do the gender reveal the next day and I messaged her and I said, look, unfortunately, um, our baby's heartbeat has stopped. Um, we're going to miscarry and all this kind of stuff. Can you let me know what the gender was? And what happened was I bought a blue crystal and a pink crystal. And <laughs> that sounds so funny coming from someone who actually sells crystals, not even calling them by their names, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have known if you used their name. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I got a blue and a pink crystal. I sent them to my friend and she was going to be, she was going to display a box for us basically. And I said, can you send us a photo of which crystal it is? And as soon as I got that photo of the rose quartz, the pink crystal, I just fucking broke down. I was like, I cannot believe this. I have worked for over four years trying for this baby and I finally get my girl and now I don't get her. And so I looked, unfair. Yeah, I looked at Tony and I said, it's a girl and he just lost it. He absolutely mm. lost it. He's like, nah, fuck this. We have to go for a drive. We just need to get some fresh air. We just need to move because this is fucking hurting. And there is still to this day moments where I'm like, oh, my God, I would have had a daughter. You know? See, I've always wondered whether I can't carry girls. Like I've always, because obviously I've had four boys. So I think like four is a a lot. Like, But the miscarriages, I think maybe, you know, maybe I just couldn't carry a girl. That's why I never got further along where, you know, different obviously with Buddy. But, mm. yeah, I honestly, I have felt exactly the same way. Maybe I just am not. You know, I can't carry girls. I don't know. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, that happened. I was like, well, obviously I can, but maybe I meant to raise little men, you know? Yeah. Mm. And doing a beautiful job of it. Oh, you too. You too. Mm. Boy mums are the best. <laughs> we're, we're the most crazy, that's for sure. <laughs> we have no fucking choice. <laughs> <laughs> it's our little energizer buddies. <laughs> Oh, I love this. And I just want to ask you one final question. Yeah, Back to um, FIFO. Are you lonely? You know what? I love my own company. (laughs) There was a point there where I had to be constantly surrounded by people. But I think the older I get, the more comfortable I am with spending time with myself. 
So, you know, my kids are pure entertainment for me, of course, and they also destroy me sometimes as well. (laughs) But I really do enjoy my own company and I've Mm. learned to, you know, grow with that relationship of myself. So, yeah, yeah. So although I do, you know, wish Tony was here to do certain things, like if it's in a a family event, I do miss him not being there with, with me. But being at home without him here I don't know I think we all like our own company one time or another you know what I mean but I just yeah yeah, I don't know I think it's with my job as well my business I'm all about the internal you know yeah definitely what isn't discussed what don't we know about the lifestyle oh how juicy do you want to get So juicy. Do you want to talk about that? Because that's a big factor with FIFO. Yeah. You know, let's talk about it. I'm here for it. (laughs) So it's taken, you know, me and Tony are very sexual beings. So we have never really struggled, I suppose you could say, in that department. When it comes to trying to conceive, there was a time where it did become a bit of a chore, but FIFO life general you get creative okay so you know we've got a three-in-one roster we're not having sex for three weeks although I can handle it you still you know phone sex or sending photos or sending videos make sure you're sending it to your partner's phone okay don't triple check the name (laughs) (laughs) so you get creative and then I will say this is like a big bit of advice for me to give because it's worked so well in our relationship. But for us, our icebreaker after three weeks is having sex straight away. And I know someone might say, but that's impossible. What about the kids? What about the kids? You know, chuck them in front of the TV, jump into the shower. And as soon as we have sex, we're ourselves again. You know, it's mm-hmm. like we get to shake off the FIFO work and the FIFO wife kind of slump that we've been in for the last three weeks and we get to be ourselves again so for us that's such an important factor with living this lifestyle is creating a healthy sex life around it yeah because sex is intimacy and it's that connection and it's what differs that person from every other person in the world you know so it's I find that people often like will say and will write in and sort of go, oh, I've lost my libido and I don't know how to get back into it or it's been such a long time. So I imagine that when you have three weeks apart, you very easily could slip into that, oh, it's been three weeks and I'm a little bit shy to get back into it or to initiate or to, you know, you get into that slump of going, oh, we're just not going to do it. So it's just as an icebreaker, like you said, I love that. Yeah, hell yeah. And get creative. Have fun with it, you know. We're constantly evolving in our relationships. So try new things. There's so many fucking things I've tried. (laughs) But (laughs) it's fun. It's all fun. And, yeah, you're exploring. So have fun with it. That's got to be fun. And (laughs) one more. If I have a friend who's living in this lifestyle, how can I help her? What would help you? What do people do that helps you? when Tony's gone? Listening. Honestly, Mm. listening is the best thing you can do for someone. There's going to be times where where the partner will want to vent, you know, complain and just vent, you know, vent, let it out, let it off kind of thing. There's some things that we don't want to vent to our partners about. And so if there's a girlfriend that can be there to listen, just listen. They're not asking Mm. for advice. They just want to know that they're heard. Yeah. And I that's so relevant when you said like I know yours and Tony's communication is so good, but I used to find when Brad was away with the army and I'm like he's out in the bush playing with grenades and stuff. Literally, he'd be like saying, "Oh, we're doing this tomorrow." And I'm tired and I'm cranky and I'm this. I don't want to call him and be like, I am struggling. I can't do this I because I don't want him to be stressed about us because I know it'll pass and I'll be okay, but I still need to get that out. So it's, you know, being having those people there that you can really call and vent without them sort of saying, well, he needs to leave or he needs to stop doing it or I don't need a solution. I just need you to hold space for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so needed. So needed. Mm-hmm. And Emil wouldn't go astray every now and then either. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> drop some food. I feel like that's my solution to literally anything. Like a loss, food. A birth, food. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's the Maltese in me. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said before, a lot of my girlfriends have FIFO husbands or um, husbands in the army, so mm. we all get it. So yeah. if, if we come over, our kids, we just let them go fucking wild and we yeah. have wine. So yeah. you know, just that in itself, just having company, knowing people are there to support you um, and that you're not alone, you know. Yeah. So many people are doing it. Oh, you're so amazing. And like I said, I, we will link all of your um, socials in our show notes. But what's your Instagram handle just in case anyone's on their phone at the moment? Yeah, Bronwyn dot delavuna my god i almost forgot my own instagram handle bronwyn dot delavuna <laughs> i thought you were gonna say you forgot your own name <laughs> i'm bronwyn somebody but i'm yeah. not sure who <laughs> i was like is it underscore or is it dot but you know what? <laughs> just tap in bron and hopefully i come up but um yes. my last name's a bit tricky <laughs> Yeah, but we will link you all anyway and your beautiful businesses as well if anyone's oh looking for a doula um, or Reiki, um, which I totally need to book in for. Yeah. And thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for giving us all of the lowdown on yes. FIFO and you're amazing. Sex and infidelity. <laughs> All of the things, all of the things. And I hope that by the time this goes live that you have a little bun in the oven and she or he sticks around. Yeah, absolutely. Fingers crossed. Thanks, Bron. Wonderful. Yay. Thanks for tuning in today. I would love to continue the conversation with you over on Instagram at The Conscious Project Podcast. Hit subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. And I would be so grateful if you would take a moment to leave me a five-star review. It really does help. Take care.